jasoncharles.net. Deep talk, deep sounds. This is the Carl Arrington Archive on jasoncharles.net. This is Carl Arrington. This is an excerpt of my interview with writer Stephen King that took place in Bangor, Maine in an airplane hangar which he was using as an office and it was on the occasion of the release of the Stand series on TV in May of 1994. The Stand as a miniseries is a is basically an entertainment. It's basically a fantasy story with the United States of America substituting for Mordor or, or uh, you know the land of the hobbits or whatever, I wanted to try and, and tell a fantasy story against the backdrop of the United States. And uh, the plague that I wrote about was a means to unleash magic on a prosaic world, a world that we yeah. live in every day in the holodromes and the exurban sprawls and the, 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 the mall in America and the rest of it. And for me, that was very liberating and it was, it was big fun, it was intensive fun. And I think that Two, the whole idea of depopulating America and having these survivors get together and start to rebuild is an immensely attractive idea to a lot of people who, whose first thought is, as mine was, oh good, no more mortgage payments. Those bastards are finally off my neck. Everybody sees themselves in terms of the story as a survivor rather than one of the 99% of everybody who gets knocked off because it's really no fun without that. So, Whereas you have something like The Day After as a realistic end of the world story, where the only sponsorship that ABC could find were people like Ronco Records, you know, and Slim Whitman and stuff like that, and that's the truth. That's the truth. The, the stand, which has the subject of, of the apocalypse anyway, has this huge push from ABC, and they see it as a tremendously profitable vehicle. But the stand is upbeat, whereas uh, the day after was a sort of downbeat thing. And the stand is basically a story about living, whereas the day after was a story about dying. And uh, there's a big difference between those things. There's a big difference just when you go to the sponsors and say, hey, no radiation sickness. Just a lot of bad clothes. Well, I, I mean, corroding corpses and seeping bodily fluids are major part of this. How how have you handled those del delicacies? I've seen it, but I, I'd like you to comment on handling that in the, for TV. Well, we talked a lot about how gushy we wanted this whole business to be. And uh, we, we opted for a sort of middle course where what people hear and see in the first two nights of the play are people who have bad colds, and there are people who are constantly sneezing and blowing their noses. But these are things that anybody is exposed to on the subway, for God's sakes, right. on a daily basis. There are no scenes of mass carnage. There are some places that are a little bit nasty and a little bit disturbing, but that's what my work's about, nasty and disturbing. And so I've tried to carry enough of that through. And really, the network got behind us and backed us up in terms of saying, yeah, we support your your freedom to tell the story and what you feel like you have to show, we're going to try to get uh, on the screen for you. We had some back and forth and some arguments, but 
standards and practices basically got behind us and said, yeah, we understand that you're telling a story that's supposed to unsettle people, shock people, and make them think. But I think what they also got behind, Carl, was the idea that we were telling a story that ultimately, you know, came down on the side of man's nobility and the ability of a man to rise above himself and sacrifice mm -hmm. for his fellow man. And yet, the real old-fashioned idea that good triumphs over evil. Right. And because of those things, we were able to uh, add a lot of things into the mix. And I think of ABC as really almost heroic in terms of approving this story and standing behind us during this mountain groundswell in Congress about uh, it's too much violence. Yeah, I want to get into that. I, of, of, I mean, what do you have to say about that? I, I mean, where, where, what? You make your living. That's your bread and butter. Well, it's ridiculous. Of course, it's ridiculous on the face of it uh, to have intelligent men like Paul Simon and uh, Ernest Hollings, both of whom I respect in terms of their political stances. For these guys to get up in the Senate and accuse network television of causing the culture of violence that we have is the most absurd thing that I've ever heard. We've got people doing drive-by shootings in, in Compton and L.A. and, and uh, postal clerks, you know, offing their co-workers and, and guys walking to commuter trains and shooting, uh, you know, random commuters that they don't even know. John Wayne Gacy kills 24, 25 kids and buries them under the house. And what are you telling me? Because they watched Maud? Because they watched Wings? Because they watched, what, Murder, She Wrote? You're kidding me. I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Who are these people talking about? They're trying to talk about, about Beavis and Butthead. And uh, Ernest Holling says that cartoon show, Beaver and Buffcoat. This guy is supposed to be leading some sort of informed investigation on TV in America, and he doesn't even know who they're talking about. Come on. The problem in this country is guns and dope and booze. Guns, dope, and booze. In that order. Guns, dope, and booze. These guys know it, but basically they can't do anything about it. I, I mean, you're not going to get Ernest Hollings up there to say, basically, if we took alcohol and drugs and guns out of the hands of the people doing these things, you know, 94% of the violence in this country would drop out of the mix because they can't. The problems are out of control, but they've got to get reelected. So I guess that's where it's coming from. 94% of the people who are in jail in this country for felony crimes are high when they do the crime. Mm -hmm. That doesn't have anything to do with TV, really. TV is so toothless. I mean, there's nothing really happening there besides basketball and sitcoms, so far as I can see. Huh. These people are, are ridiculous. The most violent TV last year was Janet Reno burning down the Branch Davidian compound in Waco. And it was on TV. They showed it again and again and again. NBC's got a program called America's, what, Most Exciting Home Videos or something like that. There the will be executions on TV soon. I love that. No, I didn't. I did not see that movie. Sean Young figures out a way to put an execution on pay-per-view. It was great. I'm sorry. I get carried away with the subject. 
do you have any, since it's set in a, really an apocalyptic tale, do you have any, any uh, personal thoughts about what's going to happen in the year 2000 or 2013, as some people think? Well, I think we'll be a little more crowded. We'll be a little sicker because our, our total species-wide ability to respond to antibiotics will be down. With the capacity of the bugs to withstand antibiotics will be up. Uh, large numbers of us will be a little hungrier. I think that by the year 2013, at least one of the major cities of the world will be scrubbed by the atomic nuclear weapon. Because sooner or later, I mean, we're unlike guys that have been juggling Indian clubs for 50 years. Somebody will drop one. I also think that uh, there actually will be an information highway by the year 2014. There's uh, going to be a lot more access to information around the world. And that uh, probably by 2013, virtual reality uh, entertainment will have become a fact. And there will be no there will still be movies, but what people will really want to go to are feelings. Right. So, there will be a lot of changes, but basically I think the fundamental things apply as time goes by. It's not going to change. You've been listening to an excerpt of my interview with Stephen King in Bangor, Maine in May of 1994. This is Carl Arrington. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Carl Arrington Archive on jasoncharles.net. The Carl Arrington Archive is a collection of hundreds of hours of rare, in-depth interviews with the greatest musicians, performing artists, and writers, conducted over four decades by veteran journalist Carl Arrington. For more information about the series and upcoming episodes, go to the Carl Arrington Archive on the jasoncharles.net podcast network audio dramas channel. Follow us on Instagram at Carl Arrington Archive and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information regarding licensing and full extended interviews, contact Carl Arrington Archive at gmail.com. JasonCharles.net. Deep talk, deep sounds. That was so deep. Very, very deep.